Hey, this is The Moment. I'm Brian Koppelman. Thanks for listening. I'm really thrilled to have uh, Gary Vaynerchuk here today on the podcast. We were connected by Seth Godin, and I'm thrilled to talk to you, Gary. Thanks for being here. I'm really humbled. I hope you're well. How are things? Uh, I'm good, man. You know, it's... um, I have found that this thing, and I wanted to ask you, you're so relentlessly positive and relentlessly pushing forward. Uh, Do you feel the waves of this whole thing the way most do, even sort of operating on the level you're operating on, or do you just make yourself not look at it? I would actually argue in hindsight, as I've gone through my own you know, processes in life, therapies, conversations, getting gray hairs, being 45 now, yeah. that I became a byproduct of feeling it too much. You know, I realized, oh my God, I cried basically every day from six, six years old to 13 year old. I think I'm incredibly empathetic and I'm very grateful for that. I think it's a huge talent skill in business that never gets talked about. I think soft skills don't talk get talked about enough in business. So all these things, social unrest, anxiety, I think that I felt them so much as a kid that I created to your point, and I see where you're going, this kind of almost out of body experience level where I, I, I address devastation because I really am truly my happiness I'm in my happiest when I feel others. It's why I predict things well. Like sport, it's crazy. My opinion of racial injustice, like how my body takes it is the same reason I figured out that baseball cards were gonna be big again three years ago. I'm such a listener and feeler, even though it seems to anybody who's listening right now that I'm always talking back to what you started the show with. Um, You know, that's the content I put out on the internet. It's the 98% of the other time that I'm actually listening and feeling that helps me make these statements, predictions, observations, hypotheses. Somewhere along the line, I protected myself, I think, with some level of detachment because of yeah. overfeeling. And then on top of it, I have such levels of practical optimism, meaning I'm comfortable with knowing that you're not in control of anything yet you can control everything. And here's what I mean by that. Your ability to react to your situation is completely controllable to some degree. If you're, if you're lucky enough to be self-aware and then you work on your emotional perspective graph, you have a better chance of dealing with things, right? Like, you know, I hate- I, people, I, I, I agree with you, like, 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 like uh, I'll say, you know, Please. like that's the Viktor Frankl, uh, you know, man's search for meaning, which I'm, I'm sure you know the book and-, and I don't, You know what's so you know, funny, Bri? I wanna say this, cause you know, I always go on these things knowing I'm very humbled to be on this show because I have a lot of admiration for you. And I, and I actually nice, believe that there's certain shows I go on where I have a sense that either there's no awareness or there's a very surface level awareness of me. And I get excited for those shows because I know I have somebody extremely thoughtful, you know, Larry King Rogue. Like, there's a lot of things I've done where I'm like, oh, this is gonna be great because I respect the person so much that it almost by proxy makes me respect the audience so much. Yes. So it's, let me just say this, because I think this might help a 17-year-old listening or maybe even a 49-year-old going through their life. I'm actually incredibly, incredibly underread. Right. I'm, I know I know the story. I've looked you know at your, gra- yeah. I know your so, grades. I know that, but, but so there's certain- know, but, but like, even in the things that I should, you know, people are like, oh, you know, my yes. friend Ryan Holiday's like, oh, bro, stoicism. Yeah. I'm like, what do you mean? That's funny. He's like, bro, what are you talking about? You're like the fucking poster child. I'm like, 
bro, I'm like literally in Google, going to the bathroom after a meeting with him, reading the Wikipedia entry, this was 24 months ago. And, and let me tell you why, Brian, it might be an interesting insight for some of the tell creative me. people here. I've protected my happiness. I realized intuitively and then I would call unconsciously and then consciously, fucking you fucker. This is by the way, the answer to the question. I am so driven by gratitude that in the face of deep unhappiness, I, it's almost like a superhero TV show. I shoot back, you know, like when they do like the two rate, like the Superman, you know, I shoot is in my most upsetness, like devastated, like crying at Lion King, a family member being sick. Yes like anything that makes me upset, like the way people handle things in society, my dad's inability to be nice when he delivers candor, I shoot it back with practical gratitude at scale and it helps me, it helps me. It helps me a lot, I'm so grateful. But anyway, I'm so grateful by the DNA I was given, luck. I hate when successful people are like, there is no luck. I talk about no luck from the fact that hard work is a huge variable and you have to reconcile that that truth exists, but like, I'm extremely lucky. I was born to opposite parents, which made me an enigma. And I've, and that's really helped me because I have both of their best characteristics and none of their worst. It's a big I, thing. Yeah. yeah a I big thing. was born in the Soviet Union and 16 brave Soviets tried to hijack a plane in 1971, which led to national awareness and Golda Meir sending a letter to Franco in Spain, which created... Brezhnev to change his policy on Jews leaving the country. And I was able to leave communism as a purebred entrepreneur and find my way into America with nothing. There is no greater gift to a natural born entrepreneur than being an immigrant to America and starting with zero. It is the Petri dish for fucking domination. Yes, I, I, and, and some would take that experience. This is to your point of how you frame things is so crucial. Because some people and legitimately would say, hey, I, I didn't speak the language. I came here and, and I was made fun of. And that made me in a, unable to make connections and, and move forward. But and, I just, and, and real quick, Brian, on that point, there is systematic issues with everything. The problem is that when something is in the batter, like you can change the topping of a cupcake. But when it is in the batter, you need a new cupcake. Anti-Semitism is grounded in Europe. Racism is grounded in the batter of this country. That is not exciting. That is difficult. I'm not even born in America, but I love it enough to like, even as that came out of my mouth, that hurts. Yes. But, but the problem is you have to, like I, my grandmother complained about everything. I mean, everything. Right. And I'm like, Baba, I remember, you know, just the sheer lack of accountability. My grandmother, listen, my grandmother lost her husband at 40 years or 38 years. Like that's devastating, right? I get, like, I can't be, I can be compassionate to it. I don't understand, but, but what I always tell my grandmother, which then became what I told everybody on earth that I met friends and now I do publicly in a lot of content is, look, if there's a single human that kind of looks like your situation, that's been able to persevere and find happiness, forget about money and all that shit. Well, then you have to debate that it's possible. So this is the question I had this written down to ask you because you know I, 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 I do read the books before, you know, I've read at least one of your books completely and I've watched a lot of hours of you to understand who you are. Um, and I've gotten to speak to you a few times. Uh, so 
you're someone who you're not going to debate that the football field is is slanted maybe but your point is the individual will have a much harder time changing the systemic problem than they will this is your view then they will accepting guess what i'm on the wrong side of a slanted football field so i'm fucked but i can through iterating working hard never giving up i can and, be and, the example and modeling and, people and and fuck you football field I will right. not put the football field on a pedestal, right? So that's a key. You'll invalidate it. So you'll say, yeah, it's not fair. It. It's not fair. Fuck In, you, and by it's the way, not fair. It's not fair. I actually don't give a fuck, but I feel bad for my homies on this side of the field. And we should acknowledge that it's not a fair field. Comma, I'm gonna do everything I can to win this game so that the next kid looks at me and says, fuck it, I'm gonna climb the field too. Cause fucking if he can do it, I can do it. Comma, I'm gonna build as much leverage in my success because I wanna have a conversation with somebody who built this field. Can we talk about the field, comma, and this is my biggest one, and this is where I really fuck with my friends, my female leaders, my black leaders, my, you know, there's plenty of white friends who are, I have more super rich white friends that complain about they got fucked because they were born into a super rich family and their mom and dad took care of everything and they can't, I mean, everybody's capable of complaining and everybody has their own issues and some issues are, I mean, bigger than others. Like sometimes it's okay to focus on black lives right now and you can focus about your life next week, like timing, cadence, I believe in all that. But here's the big one. Here's the real fuck you of how I've lived my life. Hey everybody, fuck this football field. This hockey arena is fucking better. And that's where I get into my most interesting mindset, which is the following. You are unbelievably in control in a real way. The ability to pack up and leave is real. I was born in a country where you couldn't leave. Yes. I just need everybody to hear that slowly. I was born in a country, I woke up, and my parents and my grandparents were fucked. Both of my grandfathers spent, my one grandfather spent 10 years in jail for being Jewish, let there be no confusion. Another, my other grandfather passed away when my dad was 15, spent a year or six months, you know, all those Russian stories are blurry. Right. They could not leave the USSR. What I tell, you know, I've had friends that say, when Bush gets, if Bush gets reelected, I'm leaving. If Obama gets reelected, I'd leave. You know, if you live long enough in enough circles, you got friends on both sides of this equation if we're talking politics. My question is fucking leave. Like Canada is epic. Like Sweden's fucking legit. And, and, and I'll tell you why I'm saying that. I'm not saying that like fucking all these people that are nasty to like leave. I hope everybody hears the context. When you feel in control, you're happy. Brian, I want people to feel accountable for happiness, not for I don't want them to pay attention to the systematic issue. Build a fucking hockey arena. Fucking climb the tilted field. Crying on the other side of the tilted field in perpetuity and pointing fingers is just not, is a historically. I mean, this is where I started with, though, the question of what happens. Because sometimes, right, the catharsis of crying is necessary in order to find a new center, in order to find a new center, right? I'm sorry to interrupt because I know everyone's gonna be like, who's this guy? Like, I get excited in these jams. No, it's great. I use crying as slang term for complaining. Sure. 
I'm a, different. By the way, I'm a big fan of crying. Get that right. shit. That's huge chemical reactions. I, I, I always have to remember I have a unique slang infrastructure. So I wanted to make clarity around that. To me, it's look, we can dwell in perpetuity or we can do something and we can do a lot more than people think. Uh, let me yes. give you an example. I think that the top 15 NBA superstars from LeBron to Giannis to Steph Curry tomorrow can call Jeff Bezos, Mark Zuckerberg, Oprah Winfrey, Sarah Blakely, or whatever billionaire or winner they want on earth and say, let's say, let's say I got to the places I want to financially. Hello, I'm gonna role play. Hello, Gary. Yes, it's Kevin Durant. What's up, KD? What, well, hey, what's up? Listen, me and 30 of the best players in the league have had dinner and decided we are gonna leave the NBA. We are each gonna team up with one person of financial means to be our 50-50 partner of the team and we will start the World Basketball Organization. Would you be interested in exploring such? Yes, I would, KD. Now, that blows my mind, BK. I'll tell you why. I'm positive, not even kind of, that I'm 100% right about that. That the- well, there's precedent for that. By the way, Billie Jean King did that. Billie Jean King did that in the early 70s, right? This has been done, people have done that before. And I believe and- the NBA is so top heavy that the, stores, the stars are so disproportionately more important. But, and- but take the metaphor, wait, Gary, take the metaphor though, because what we're talking about mostly is people who have a sense of their own powerlessness. And at this moment in time, Actually, the top 15 in the NBA understand that they're powerful. So take your metaphor and bring it, yes, take your metaphor and bring it down to the person listening to this who's feeling after this year uh, that their job is more perilous, that that the structure of the place they worked is less certain. That if they got a hot broth, a bone broth, because that's my jam these days, or a coffee, or a glass of Riesling, And after they had this bad day at work, instead of doing what an incredible amount of my friends and family do, which is find their other friend that's willing to dwell to each other all day. Yeah. Which, listen, you need an escape, but I don't think it should be your mom every day. I think therapy is, that's why it's so epic because then you're changing your relationship graph with the ones you love. Instead of doing that, which many do, and I don't, by the way, on the record, I do not judge that. I have love for that person. I'm trying to show them this, hey, Come home, pour that beverage and write, go to LinkedIn. And even if you've never used it, create your account and write a post like you do on Facebook or Instagram about 10 things I've learned being in my job for 10 years. And don't make it a piss on them, just a cathartic thing or six things I wish I did at 19 or why I made a mistake. Maybe that's too aggressive. I'm going in a different place. Let me take that back. Six things I wish I knew when I was 22 and going into the workforce. And you write it, let me tell you why. You are now starting the process of LinkedIn, here's why. The next prescription I'm gonna give you, and it's really, I don't even, actually, I'm gonna take that back as well. I don't wanna be a doctor, I wanna be your fucking friend. The next thing I'd like to tell you to hypothesis on is when you then come home and you realize that if you just had the optimism and the perseverance and the grit and the patience to write 197 people a message on LinkedIn over the course of two weeks with a resume attached, that one of those 197 people would reply and begin the process of you leaving that job to a happier one that pays you $7,000 more. 
I know that to be true, Brian, because I talk about this so much that I get the stories. I also get the, when I don't go as into this, this is me in a more mature, more mature state. When I didn't say 197, I said, just hit up a bunch of people. I would get the emails. I, this is back to me listening. And Gary, you're full of shit. I sent out my resume, nothing. Now what fucking, you know, Mary Poppins? I'm like, and then I reply, hey Don, how many people did you reach out to? And then they reply, seven. And then I reply, Don, let me get this right. You were miserable at your job. You were finding yourself gaining weight because you're eating because you're upset. You're finding yourself drinking an extra bourbon and you don't like the way you feel. You're closing out friends. You were unhappy because your job, which takes up a ton of your time, is making you unhappy. And your response to the first glimmer of a practical opportunity based on the internet and all these opportunities, and you believed in me, you stumbled on me, it's serendipity or you've been following me and you finally said, fuck it, I'm gonna jump in. Your response, Don, to this huge opportunity to take this big issue in your life off the table was to send seven emails? I think we should, here, let's just slow down for Please. one second because I think this is so important for a couple different reasons and it ties into something I saw you say recently. Um, you pointed out that every day people send you notes saying, I'll work for you for free. It's like people will write me and say much the same. And then you say, but every once in a while, someone will send work. Now, I don't want people to send me screenplays because it's all sorts of trouble, but you just drew the distinction between someone taking your material, cutting it up, presenting it in a way that you haven't, that uh, could have an impact in the world, and how that is so much more powerful than merely saying, hey, I'll come work for you for free. And I heard that, and, I, and, and yes, there's a lot of arguments about why we shouldn't ask people yes. to work for free, but that's separate. That's separate from, from, from what your, your point. The, the, but, but the second thing is, that guy who sent you, Don, who sent you that note, who sent the seven things out. My guess is if from the note he sent you that he didn't think a lot about the note he was writing to those seven people, meaning how to you have to it. present yes. what it is you're asking for and who you are. So can you Brian, just talk a little yes. bit about that? So context matters, that's right. Control C, control V a hundred times is never gonna work. Right. The reason you're good at what you do in this format is you do the work, which leads you to questions that are sharper, they're contextual. I'm making a much more powerful thought and point in my mind, which is Don decided it wasn't gonna work before. Yes, absolutely. It really, it's big for me, Bri. I really, you know, I just really am passionate about this. Like why say no? Like why? I know why you were trained to. You, you know, I, I know why your environment created it. I know why, because you took on the DNA of a family member that was in no culture. I understand why I'm here to say, can we have the debate? And to your point earlier, it's actually the free work thing's a great example of my overall content. I do not believe anyone should do anything. On the record. Right. I do not think that people should do free work. I also don't think that people that get paid for that similar work should tell, I love when people are like, you're so privileged, Gary, when you talk about work, you like, you, you should pay these people. I'm like, no, no, you're privileged because your parents paid for your art school college. You get a great job. I'm talking to street kids like me that don't have options. 
And sometimes all you have is the ability to do something and show something to somebody to make them say yes. Why would you take that option off a kid's table? Because you were luxurious enough to have a situation where your college education was paid for for free and you were hired based on going to Miami art school, you fucking entitled. This totally. is why I mean, about that you're, shit. You're right? totally right. I mean, I, I make the point all the time that I had my college education paid for. I, I say this constantly. I had my college education paid for, which gave me the freedom to be whoever I wanted to try to be when I got out of college because I didn't have that debt. I didn't have right. that debt. By the way, by the way, you went to college, even though you look great, I think we can all agree Thanks, that you man. went to a college in a different era Yeah. where what I'm worried about, and this is why I talk about college a lot, where that degree, even from a solid school, was ROI positive. We are living now in a world where degrees are really struggling to manifest for these kids that are taking on debt, often forced by their parents because they want them to go to college for their ideology or how they stand up in front of their friends. I mean, you know, Brian, I'm reading these 10,000 DMs a month. Like parents are worried about social media, yet they're, they're literally because of their own parental insecurity, pushing their kids to take on debt. Will it, well, the question of debt, the question of what the gift of those four years can do for somebody. And I've had a lot of conversations with a lot of people who have your point of view that college isn't necessary. And I agree, not necessary. Well, but it's an inc- but to, to to me and I and I I'll just push back a tiny bit. Please, you should. Um, I'll just push back a little bit because the other day you said something about look uh, when I was there the Harvard degree versus the other thing. I've seen I didn't go to Harvard, but I have seen the benefit. You know, there are still uh, twenty degrees that really matter, and certainly there are five that make a gigantic difference. Even I, you, I Gary. Even that. you, Gary. If if a kid calls you and they're hustling and they have all the rest of it, and the diploma said Harvard. Even you, you pay attention. You'll you appreciate this, Bri. You'll appreciate this. I want to be very transparent on the show. This, and by the way, there's going to be 39 people that laugh right now because they are actually in my HR department or my admins that know the truth. You've told them not to pass you a Harvard degree? It's less than that. I actually look, I frown on it. Right. I do. I swear to God. I, and by the way, I'm un, ready for this. Flag in the ground. I'm 100% wrong. Not 99 I'm just trying to be authentic here because I think it brings yeah, right. more value to the listener. Because I know that when I see that degree, I hot take soft entitled. Yes. I know that people do the reverse to your point that say Stanford, oh, all in. I believe that. Yes. I don't think anything works for anybody universally. There is no one shoes fits all. So to your point, my argument is very narrow, which is, I think there's absolutely 30, 40 degrees. I think there's millions of kids, if we CAT scan them and MRI them, 1,000%, a billion percent should go to college. It's a four year vacation. They're gonna wake, they're gonna learn a lot about themselves. They're gonna grow up in a good environment. They're gonna find some self-esteem, some self-awareness. They're, they're gonna learn a little something here and there. You know, like, I, I think that's right. I think what scares me is there's a much bigger number than let's say mine and your group of parents and our age group, I think the number is far greater to whom it does not work for than the conventional wisdom of the past 40 year branding of college. I would never argue with that. I would say maybe perhaps though, I overweight the value of what can be learned through studying books and history and the history of politics. But and perhaps you I, underweight, perhaps you way, underweight. Way, I think that's a tremendous observation. Let me go a different route. I have a lot of 
knowledge in different ways because I'm an audio learner and I would argue that documentaries and as I've learned about my reading style comprehension with my own self because I still want to get tested because I have a funny feeling I have some form of dyslexia of some sorts. I would bet on it actually. By the way, I think that's that's right. And by the way, let there be no confusion. I'm obsessed with education. I am debating thoughtfully, I hope, but with passion, the packaging, merchandising, and selling of education. Fair, yeah, all, all completely fair. But it's funny because we both, so I was a, I can tell you, I had bad ADHD. I had some little bits of dyslexic because my daughter's dyslexic and I know, but I had the opposite reaction. I did so badly in school that I had to prove it to myself and end up getting a law degree because mm. at some point I had to mm. prove to myself I could do it. I was like you, bottom of the class, I, I did a lot of outside work. I produced records when I was in high school. I got myself into mm. a great college because I had, I had tons of shit to show yeah, and I did fine yeah, on the tests, yeah. right? So I got into a good college, but I, it was very important to me to like figure it out. Then by the end of college, I had seven incompletes. I barely graduated, also was terrible at college. Right, but it you know made I, me feel yeah. in, but I will say that one thing I it gave it. me, like when I mentioned this book, Man's Search for Meaning, I just want to take a sec, because if you do Please, audio books, I'm listening, I'm excited. I just tell you about it in case Please. people, so this book was written by a Holocaust survivor named Victor Franklin. It was written while he, partially during the Holocaust, he was in a death camp and he lost everybody. And what Victor Frankel realized, and it's where Tony Robbins get, got it from, Gary, and it's the original sort of codification of the idea that the events don't determine you, uh, what don't determine what happens inside, that you have the ability to take, give yourself the meaning of the event. The event doesn't have any meaning, right? The event happens, you decide its meaning and what you're going to do. And you would you would not only love this book, you would talk about it all the time. You got to listen to it on audio because you have come to the same place Frankel has, but his example and his specifics are so, so good. Intense. You would love this book because you. if, you listen, if you I'm listen to it. it and Ryan knows it, knows it um, uh, for sure. But I have, I have a bunch of questions about this. Did, did you doubt at all? So when I struggled in school, uh, even though the teachers would say the thing to me, uh, it's clear you're a very bright person. You know, I love to read. I taught myself to speed read, even though I was dyslexic. So I had a slightly different thing, but I then would doubt myself so much because I couldn't do the homework. I couldn't do it. I, it, it felt, the books felt radioactive to me. I couldn't do it and I felt miserable. Did you feel bad or no. not? Nope. And not only that, because I think people are going to really enjoy this. I'm going to recall our analogy. Yes. From what I'm gathering and I'm listening, you persevered and made it up the slanted field. You saw that field and you fucking willed your way, hacked yourself and I'm fucking blown away and I admire it tremendously. And by the way, for the first time in my life, I came up with a version of it. It's my health. For the last six years, I've been a completely different version of myself eating and working out. And there's a sense of accomplishment of like, fuck, this did not come natural to me at all. I cannot believe I did this. My mom, who thinks I'm the great, like who, you can't say anything to her that she would be surprised. She thinks I should be the president and Oprah and like is still blown away that I'm here because we're similar and she can't believe I persevered through. However, in life outside of my health, because there's no debate, there was no hacking this in my opinion, but in real life, school and then business, I did the ice rink thing. You did the persevered up the slope, I did the hockey rink. I said, wait a minute, this is all fake. Right. This is all accepted, but look at this thing called business that I'm learning about every day, 
at five years old with six lemonade stands, at seven years old washing cars half my summer. Every time it snowed, I shoveled snow while everybody else sledded. I'm a nice Jewish boy and I even did Christmas carols. My friend Robbie Turnick hit me up the other day. He's like, do you forget that we sold Christmas carols? And I started laughing. We would literally ring the doorbell, Bri. A woman would open the door, middle day, and I'd say, ma'am, would you like us to do a Christmas carol for a dollar? And Brian, when I tell you, if she paused even for a hundredth of a second, you were you did it. You I were would done. go hit it, boys, dashing through this stuff. Like like you know like yeah. that. Were you socially gifted at the school when you were yes. having those problems? So you were socially gifted. So you yes. knew I had affirmation through likability, but. I never went to the, and now a lot of my high school friends have hit me up about this. I never went to the depths of popularity that I could because you needed to have a level of non-kindness to get to the A level. And I was never willing to compromise making fun of someone in high school life. And so I was very broad in my French. I, I think I was a preview to a lot of kids now. Kindness, thank God, and not everywhere, but in a lot of places, like the nice kid is also, like you can go there. In the 90s, you had sure. to be a little bit of a dick to go all the way to the tippy top and I wasn't willing to compromise. But, so, but when you say in, 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 in your videos sometimes or in your writing that a lot of your success, it has to do with the fuck you of you, you didn't believe in me or you thought I was a loser, fuck you. Is that the establishment that the fuck you is to? The yes. institution yes. of the schools? The various teachers, parents, the various friend, teachers. I had, I had friends' parents in sophomore and junior of high school have their friends, my friends, not necessarily hang out. Like they didn't stop it, but they definitely frowned on it. Or a great fuck you. Talk about a scarlet letter that I sit proudly with. You want to talk about a chip on my shoulder? Yeah. When it became senior year, almost every acquaintance and friend's parent knew that I was a shit student and still went out of their way to ask me what college I was going to, which was Mount Ida College. So they could say, oh, that's nice, but Donnie's going to- Hilarious. They did it on purpose, you think? Just to fuck with you? No, no. Or to brag, they just wanted to brag. Too much pride in their own kid, but they were willing to tear down my building to make their kid's building feel better. And as a kid, Gary, did you have, so this empathy, because this, the, 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 the amount of empathy or awareness you have of what's going on with people, that gift that you have. So if you could tell, hey, they're proud, but it still hurt at that time. Like, Can you it imagine? seems to me now you're impervious to it hurting you. But at the time, did those things land on you as they sadness or did they just right. turn into anger? Right, never anger. Never anger. Never anger. Still to this day, hurt, yes. They still hurt today, Brian, listen. I'm so excited for this podcast to be with you. I've been dying. I've been waiting. You can't imagine how grateful I am to be on the show. Me too. Thrilled. Yeah. So I know when people are going to listen on the other end, there's going to be 39 moments where they're going to be like, Gary, fucking let Brian talk. Like, like, dude, stop cutting. But I know it, but I know it. And when they, they, no, but it's funny when they tweet it, it's not that it hurts. I'm not crippled by it, but I'm saddened because I'm like, damn it. Like, my excitement, because I well, I go on a show like this not to be an appropriate guest. I'm talking to you right now as if we're having a cocktail. Like for like, I don't know anything. I love else. this. It's perfect. Yeah, this I'm is sure. Perfect. I, I know that. Like my let me phrase. My intuition is that you love it, but I'm compassionate and empathetic to somebody who likes a little bit more of a framework and a little less chaos. And they also were curious what you were going to say 16 minutes ago, and they're frustrated to hear that thought through because I had to jump in and and it's not that I have to and this in, in 
incredible need to like say everything. It's that I get excited about the creativity of the conversation. But listen, you need to hear this. When someone tweets that like, Brian, I don't know why you put this obnoxious guy on. Like I get people like him, but I found him to turn me off. Even that comment still is like a little like, you know, like darn it, but it can never define me. And I think people actually, but Brian, People let other people's opinions define what they think about themselves, brother. How do you deal? Okay, this is not something I thought of. It just occurred to me now, all this empathy and the, the social media and, and, and the way we say, don't, I, in your book, it's in, in the, the book, the second version of the book, you talk about, how people should manage uh, the negative comments, you know, how you should process the negative comments. But like, for instance, the other day on TikTok, a woman who's really special, I don't want to give it away, but she's very skilled at something that takes a long time to become skilled at. Let's say it's the violin. It's not the violin, but think that. She has a nice following, like a real following, a hundred thousand, maybe, maybe more. She made a post where she said she was suicidal the day before. Okay. And she wasn't kidding around. She wasn't doing it for effect. She was like, I made it through the day because, and I'm glad I did because today I didn't have some big success in my life, but I actually got, got to breathe outside air and I'm, I'm better. So I wrote her because I can't get past, you know, honestly, uh, the suicide thing. Uh, I had a friend when I was young, kill himself. And I, I can't b- walk by that. As I know you don't, I've watched you and your things, but then, so she posts this, uh, I say something like, you know, you're special, a bunch of other people do. But then two days later, she posted yesterday that some people said some mean things following that. And of course, you and I know those are fucking monsters. But talk to the people who are taking the risks you tell them to take, to show themselves in a real way, to be vulnerable enough to give themselves over in this place and you say to you, even though you're, you're Gary Vee, you're worth $100 million and you're on your way to a billion. And I'm um, sorry, I, I understated else? your net. I apologize, I, I understated your net I don't worth, give a shit about that but, part. Can I say something, Brian? And I know you'll finish it. Sorry, interrupting again. But this is a point and I want people to hear this. What's bigger about it affecting me has nothing to do with my business or financial of success. Course, it's I dog know. shit. If you knew how mentally gifted I was and still knew that an anonymous person <laughs> yes, saying that I, right. this is the key, right? You see yes. where I'm going, Bri? Yeah. Fuck my money or business, dog shit. Fuck, man, honestly, as an entrepreneur who loves business, it's insane to me how much I don't give a fuck. When my friends cry about taxes, I'm like, I'll give 95% of my money to taxes, but, and I always say this, but every other person that's as talented as me has to too, and there can't be any weird fucking rules because then I need, to, I need to play my game, not the fucking, I don't need the trophies, I need my game. But nonetheless, finish your thought, but I wanted everybody to hear that point. Because but here's my point, what do you say? So you still, I'm saying, despite the fact that you have so much armor up that other people might think would protect you from feeling the hurt, you know, so much of what you say to people is like, Keep putting the stuff out there until you find the thing that locks in and often it'll be the thing closest to who you really are. And you got to get rid of the artifice and all that shit, right? But when they do that and someone goes, hey, I really thought about killing myself. And then five people go, ah, this place would have been better without your ugly face or whatever they say. How do people both 
this is an actionable thing. Yep. How do how do I not me as I'm like you? I, don't, I actually I more don't don't give a fuck. But but how does somebody uh, be vulnerable enough to communicate in a way that might touch the audience, but not then feel incredibly wounded when they get shit back? By having compassion to the shit thrower. Explain more about that. If somebody has taken the time out of their actual life yeah. to watch one of my videos for a minute and three seconds on TikTok or Facebook or Instagram or 52 yeah. and then be compelled to take more time to try to tear me down to make themselves feel better, I can't hate them. I love them. I feel so much, listen, I've had enough family members close to me. I've watched them tear down. It doesn't come from a place of strength, Bri. Yes. It comes from a place of weakness. Now, that doesn't mean when people hear this, especially in the times we live in now, they're like, Gary, I'm gonna hold people accountable. I am too. I'm not saying give people a pass for egregious behavior that is criminal or just completely egregious. Of course. I'm talking about name calling. I'm talking about the fact that what we're basically talking about is high school. The fact that civility has been completely thrown out the garbage and this has been a slow and steady curve. And listen, I'm not talking about people's politics. You know, I really, 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 I'm not here to like talk about Trump versus Biden versus Obama, but even my most closest friends who support Donald Trump will agree that the framework of civility was destroyed under his you yes. know, framework. And so we all understand why this can happen and does happen. But I promise you, I don't think the social dilemma and social networks, I don't think Donald Trump, I don't think the, the, the maturity of America as an empire, I don't think these things you know, have changed us. I think, they, I think that the world that we live in today has exposed us. Brian, there is- well, What do you say to the woman who's out there uh, giving of herself on social? It's starting to work. She's starting to get traction and then the shit talkers find I the thing that can, the, the shit talkers find the one thing about her uh, that they can tell because they have that a they great poke. instinct for that and they start poking at her. What's her tool? I'm asking, like, how would you tell I go her in, to ready? think about it? I go, yeah. in, I, I go A, then I go E. I go accountability. It's an interesting one. What does that mean? Say more about it. You're gonna poke at my zit, I'm gonna take on accountability. I'm gonna say I have a zit, you're saying. A big one. Right. And, and I was eating too much bad food and that's why it's more than <laughs> I have a zit, right? I just had a company-wide email, uh, keynote for a thousand plus my employees and literally somebody hit me up who just started a company. He's like, Gary, you said nine times in this talk that it was your fault. He goes, I just came from a company that I was in for nine years and I never heard our CEO say it once. I'm obsessed with accountability because it, in my opinion, you know, let's use accountability in something you can't control. Cause sometimes accountability is what you can control and sometimes it's not. Sure. Like accountability can look like this. Listen, for whatever reason, random person 59 in my fucking comments, I was born with chemicals and or grew up in an environment that absolutely has led me to drinking way too much alcohol, not in moderation and thus doing very poor decisions in my prior life. You are right. Brian, that's a start to an interesting conversation. Next, P 
P.S. 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 Commodore 59. You also must be in an interesting place because you've decided to come here and take the time out of your way to try to poke at my vulnerability and my pain, which must mean that you also have pains and vulnerabilities. And I just want you to know that in my road to sobriety, I had a lot of people cheering for me. I want you to know I'm cheering for you even though I don't know you. That is called being the bigger man and woman in every situation. It is the framework that I live in, Brian. The A is accountability, the E is empathy. Correct. And so the E is empathizing with that person. And what that does Compassion, is it makes sympathy. it outer. So it allows you, if I can just put it in Please. other words too, it actually, and this is one of the great performing things too. Uh, for the comedian in the beginning of their life is only thinking about themselves. That's why it's so hard. But the moment the comedian becomes outer directed and thinking about them instead of at, at, at themselves, they seem confident. So you're talking about the person getting shot on if they become outer directed and look, well, what's hurting about that person? I'm forgetting my hurt and I'm, I'm going there. That restores them in the position of, in a way, it gives you back your power. Correct. And that's your, so that's, that's your counsel. Listen, yes. living your life based on other people's opinions who have absolutely Disaster. little context on the truth. I mean, they're, there, it's a likelihood that your brother or sister right now listening, my friends, don't know a lot about you, not even a little, a lot. So you're gonna take a stranger's judgment and allow it to stop you on your happiness, back to your analogy, Brian, like this person's on the way to shining. And you know what it speaks to, Bri, is that you're, you're being stopped by your own insecurity not by somebody else's words. What has allowed me to persevere when people are like, yeah, this guy's deep. a charlatan, this guy's a snake oil salesman, Gary Vee is overrated, he never gives actual information. Like, all every day, every day, pound, 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 every day. Because when you put yourself out there the way I do, it's the cost of entry and I, that goes to accountability. I wanna go out there and talk all the time. What, they're not allowed to talk about me? Of course they are. I mean, the audacity that I see people, what, you're the only, like, what, like, what, what do you want? You know, this is not 1957. You're not, we're not in the 60s anymore where Walter Cronkite can talk and you can't, and he can't hear what people think. Like, this is the world we live in. And it starts with your self-awareness and self-esteem. Self-awareness and self-esteem mixed together is the bricks, stone, steel and concrete of the foundation of the but building of living in this game. You're, you're right. I guess I, here's what I would ask Please. you here. Here's how, what I think. Cause like, yeah. Uh, like sometimes, you know, I always take the piss on Twitter out of the movie. I think is our worst movie, this movie runner runner. And by doing that, by mentioning it, I'm able, when someone says something, I can flip it and everybody laughs and then nobody gives a shit anymore. I've owned it. I've, I've taken ownership of it. Self-deprecation. All that, right. But, but, but what makes that easier, if I'm being fair, is that that's one thing out of a 25 year career that has largely afforded me the ability to weather a lot of storms because- Excuse me, sir. I've been right Excuse a lot. Excuse me, uh, sir. Yes. That comes out of the mouth of a kid who got negative affirmation the entire way and willed his will to being able to, so you're, yes, by the way, what you just said in a silo is 100% right. I will also remind you, based on the narrative that you've put out here today, yeah. you've also had the kind of skin and intestinal fortitude yeah. to climb the mountain. As a matter of fact, I always wonder, 
do I have thinner or thicker skin by changing the platform? Right. Right? No, it's the same. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's deciding, I will say in all these cases, because in the end, right, I mean, doing what I ended up doing for, in all these cases, you're, um, you're deciding to take whatever measure of control you can in, 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 in your own hands. You often tell the story about being young, and and I love when you say this to kids. I think the thing you say to twenty year olds about, uh, you know, hey, and it's the opposite advice I've heard a lot of other people give. You know, when you say, hey, live at home if you have to, right? Uh, uh, Dave Ramsey would say the opposite, right? He would say, do not live at home, get out of your house the second that you can. But your point is, save the mine's, save. Mine's contextual. What what these are you know all of these are you know yeah of course example, Dave's is content by the way it all, Dave's, by the way you just the biggest correct, fear for, for Dave correct. is poverty and um, not finding your not having the fortitude right. to do he's it on right. your own and he's right I'm, too I'm a, I'm obsessively scared of entitlement and non-accountability right. which getting out of your home uh, I can di- correct I'm saying Dave's you're, right about that point, he's hundred percent right but you're I'm also, also right, right. And I'm that's also right. So talk about but that the, yeah but, but honestly one thing for everybody to hear. That's why you and I are both right about college. What America, society, and human beings that need to start talking about is context. That's great, yep. Context. Here's, when I talk about staying at home, I contextualize it up front saying, here's the following. Hey, Rick, do you fucking love your parents? I wanna live with my parents now. I spent three months with them during COVID. It was the best. Yeah. Do you like them? Is it a healthy environment? B, if it's a healthy environment, and every parent in a healthy environment would be thrilled for a couple more months or a couple more years with their kids. That's the beauty of a healthy environment. Yes. Yeah, the joy okay. for me, when my kids were here during this oh. a little bit, they're oh. both very self-sufficient. Yeah. Son, you know, yeah. But I was so happy that they came so here happy. for a couple months. Yeah. The best. So that's what's happening on the parent front, on a healthy one. Hey, Rick, in that scenario, don't worry about your friends making fun of you. Don't worry about the cutest girl in the office maybe not wanting to date you. Know that you're in debt. Know that you want to get out of it for the long term. And a big level of humility layered with a lot of love, which, oh, by the way, when you're 70, you're gonna be thrilled you spent those extra years with your parents because you're gonna miss them. Because I'm talking about healthy. I can speak for myself, I sure feel it. I'm, one of the things I kiss COVID on the lips for is the. Th- the three, four months I spent with my parents. It's something I never would have had. I'm not so sold I didn't get more time with them in that pocket than I would have for the rest of their lives. Sure, I get that completely. When, when, when you were though, when you were in your twenties and you were starting mm-hmm. to make your way and as you've said over and over, you lived on very little and you saved, what, how would you have articulated what your ambition was? In other words, if I would have sat you down then and said, hey Gary, what do you want in 10 years or 20 years? How would you have answered that question to yourself or to me then? Was it purely financial at that point? Was it freedom? What words would you have used? I already had freedom. You know, in my 20s, I was making $50,000 a year, building a business for my dad that was on its way from three to 60 million. So it looked like three, 10, 17, 28, 42. Right, and I'm still getting paid 50K. So all the immigrants here that work in a family business, they know what I'm saying now. You don't get paid more, even though you're building your family's business for, you know, I don't own, I still don't own wine library. Because in a family business, you get it when the dad dies or the mom dies. I had the humility to know that I was getting quote unquote fucked financially. I wanted to do this for my parents because I was so grateful to them. 
I was living within my means. There was no way in fucking hell I was gonna ask my parents for a dollar to live better. So I lived within my 50K, Bri, because I wanted freedom. How freedom. would you, have, so freedom meant no freedom, debt. Freedom, no, no debt. Uh, but more importantly, nobody could tell me what to do with my money. I wasn't against debt because that was me making a decision with the bank, but I didn't want my pa- parents paying for anything was off the table by the time I was 14 for me. Cause right. you know, as, so that to me, financial freedom and like living my life on my means because I pay my bills. Most of the unhappiness, Brian, that I get from kids when I click in is because they're still held accountable to their parents financially. Right, yeah, you say that. Yeah, that they're still taking, they, they wanna be free, but they're taking in some way if resources you were a from their parents. Of wine but library, the, yeah, I'm gonna yeah. give you the answer. If you were a customer of Wine Library, when I was 26 years old, and a lot of these guys and gals who worked at Wall Street, lived in Short Hills and Summit and Milburn, yeah. they were smart, they met me, and they realized by the third or fourth time, this kid's different. This is not a merchant's son. Like, right. So they started poking and prodding and trying to figure me out through the years. And what I would have told you over a bottle of trying to convince you to stop buying Opus One and check out this new winery called Brian Family, what I would have said to you is, I'm gonna buy the New York Jets, Brian. Right. You, like everybody else in that moment that I did a hundred times a year, would have said, this kid's fucking delusional. He's not gonna do that owning a liquor store. What I knew then and what I know now is I want to live a life that has a lot of people to come to my funeral because I lived a life that brought a lot of value to a lot of people, whether I ever met them or way more important. And this is way, by the way, another reason why I can get through anonymous and bad comments or social media comments is because I care about what the people that actually know me think about me. It's very important for everybody to understand. Judge Here's a big one. This may land for some people. Judge the judger. If my mom thought I was a piece of shit, I'd struggle with that. But if Rick Thompson on Twitter off of a comment out of context that he didn't like, so I judge the judger and that helps me a lot. And I knew that I wanted a lot of people to show up to my funeral, Bri. I talked about that. Even in your 20s, you knew that. In my 20s, I knew that. I knew that I wanted to buy the New York Jets because I thought it was fun to try. I'm enjoying it to no end. The process of trying to buy the Jets is my great, I'll give you one, vacations. Do you know that the week before I take a vacation is the best week of my life? Sure, yeah. And do you know that the second the plane hits down, I start to decrease in excitement? Yeah. I'm, I'm that guy. I'm that guy. Yeah, you're, that's that. a little, that's a, but, but then don't the memories a year later make it worth it? I think they do. For me, they do. I think so. They have. I was very worried about being unhappy in my older age and I'm still 40. I'm a kid. Yeah. I do fear a little bit that I love what's in front of me so much that I worry and I talk well, I was going to gonna ask you that question. Okay. So I was asking Go a ahead. question like, why do you still need the fuel of the jets and the ambition? Like, why not find a way to chill out a little bit now that you have all the freedom you could pop? What, oh, what do you because, still get because, out, of, yeah. out of chasing becoming a multi-billionaire? I've been chill the whole time, Brian. Well, no, that, 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 that seems like the first untrue thing you've said. Brian, it's the truest thing I've said. What do you mean chill? You're, I mean, nobody listening to this is going to go away going, hey, that was a chill dude. They may say that I'm a high energy communicator. Yes. Brian, but- I am fucking chill. Brian, listen to me. I'm ambitious. 
I'm a go-getter, but I love this process. I understand, you know who I understand real well? It's really sad. Somebody told me a story recently. It fucking took the wind out of my life. Tell. A business associate said to me that the week before Kobe passed, yeah, him and he was friendly with Kobe because they were in the gym together and they had decided that we were gonna get together, that the friend was gonna connect us. Mm. And it was one of the great lessons I've learned in my life, Kobe's passing. I, out of ego, and that's what I'm gonna use. And I don't think I play ego a lot. I actually really don't. I have confidence and I love my humility because I have it if you dig into me, but I will be lying and I don't wanna lie here as the theme of this show. I enjoyed the fanciest people that I know on earth reaching out to me. I really yeah. did. And I'll tell you, I enjoyed it because I felt like it was like a sense of accomplishment of like, wow, I am so humbled that, let me give you the rock. You know, how sure. big, like that's when he followed me a couple of years ago, I'm like, wow, Ryan. No, it's a big deal, dude. That's a big deal. deal. I, yeah. I admire these people. I, I value them. They're, they're importantly, they're, they're accomplishing. I, I, wow. And so it was a high for me, literally. The, the day after that story was told to me, I have reached out to more people I admire to just say, I admire you. And if you ever, I'm not, you know, it's changed me. But the reason I bring up Kobe where my brain just went, I was like, why did I bring up the Kobe story? Now I remembered. Kobe, there's two people I really associate with. Kobe and Novak Djokovic, and they're different. Yeah. Kobe, I honestly believe, I actually am getting emotional right now, not about the devastating passing of Kobe. The way Kobe loved the process, I swear to God, from all the stories I've heard, I haven't met a lot of people that love their process the way I love my process, Brian. Brian, I've been chill the whole time. From the day I started working, the last day of college at Mount Ida, there was a sense of like anxiety that came out of me. I, I remember it like yesterday, the first day I worked at the store, May 22nd, 1998. The sheer joy, cause I had to get through school that I had that day saying, I never have to go back. And now I can do what I was born to do to this second. If you told me you were a weird genie from the future and I fall dramatically short of buying the jets. I don't amass the wealth. My timing was off cause the Johnson's plan on selling next right. year. I would give no fucks. It has been the great professional joy of my life trying to get there. Have you met Woody? I have not. And you don't want to until you're ready? Yeah, I don't feel like it's like, I feel like that's like not douchey, but like, I don't have the financial means. He's not in the market. Like I don't, I talk right. about publicly. Like, I feel like I don't need to be that kid of like running up and I'm going to buy the, like what, what? Well, like you I, could say to him before you sell, make sure to call me. So listen, maybe I, can put I don't think, that, I don't think at this point, by the time I'm done with this branding, this narrative, I think the whole country is going to demand. I, I, I might be the first person ever given a fucking football team. Oh, wait, right. Wait. So it is, I've been chill the whole time real quick. Cause I think this is an insight to competition, which I think is demonized and should not be. I think competition needs to be re refurbished in America. I think we've gone through a weird two decades on demonizing competition. How do you mean that, Gary? I think the competitive spirit is 
can be incredibly healthy. You know, I think conviction, perseverance, tenacity are very, very admirable tactics. And I think that we have, we have to look at youngsters who are bad sports and who are overly competitive. And we have to be careful of trying to take that out of them. I, I think we demonize it too much. Do you, so are you talking about com- competition with yourself or with others? Like for instance, do you Both. find yourself, do you come in your mind, are you competing with Tim Ferriss or are no. you competing? In other words, are you competing with other people? Who's my friend for no. a long time? Are you competing with, too. yeah, other, or in other words, how do you define what you mean by competition? It's funny because I had Rick Rubin on here the other day who was saying like for him, he has no interest and has never in competition. It was fascinating. I asked him this question. You know what's so funny? I'm, I'm the most competitive. Like I would want to, if I had to arm wrestle Tim Ferriss right now, yes, it would mean everything to me to win. Oh, you poor, the there's this. Side. I would, on the other hand, if I were laying the odds on that, I would have to put a lot of money on Tim. Yeah, he's a fucking beast. That's I would have I to put a lot of money I'm on I'm bringing Tim. up an example, correct. Yeah. I'm bringing up yes. an example that would be highly unlikely for me to persevere, yes. Yes. but it would matter yes. to me the most. Hilarious. On the game of people follow personalities that write and put out content, it is the great joy of my last decade to watch Timmy go to the levels he's gone to. Yes. Because in that world, I think the world is abundant. Yes. Got it? So, but when we're playing tennis, you and I, fuck you. I want to win. Good luck at that, by the way. I know. I bring up I another. Mean, anytime. You, I know. Anytime. Patrick like McEnroe, anywhere. I know you. Anytime. I know you, Brian. I'm bringing up good examples. Yeah. However, Novak Djokovic. Oh, yeah. Fascinating and figure. A fascinating figure. One of my favorites. And this is where I think people... I've run out of time here and I've got to run, yeah, I apologize. Go. I I'm gonna if close I, it out. But you and I are gonna have dinner because I adore yeah, you. And I'm too. gonna spend wait. an hour on Novak versus Federer and my Gary V fucking EQ in like machine. And I'm gonna break down the most fascinating conversation for a tennis fan like you that you'll ever have. I can't wait. Gary V, thank you so much for being here. You can find Gary everywhere. Hey Gary, yeah, that, your logo is so good. I need a coffee mug. It's the only thing I, I collect. Can you please <laughs> you send got, me a, yes, a Vayner? Me, I need a fucking coffee Done. mug, please. Uh, you can find Gary V. His TikTok is really amazing. And I wanted to ask about what's fascinating. Spend a day and go look at his Insta, his Twitter and his TikTok because, and LinkedIn. They're all different. And they're specifically targeted and they're still authentic. And we didn't get to talk about tactics, but- Can we talk about that real quick? Yeah, go ahead. Because I want to bring value and I think this is valuable. Team, team. That's so funny that everyone, team. All of us are us and we're authentically us, but but the way you're laying in bed with your spouse and communicating living is different than presenting in a boardroom, is different than the way you're going to go with your buddies to- Vegas for the weekend is different than how you're gonna coach your daughter's team. And what I do on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, I understand the room and I can, it's still me. It's not like I'm some manipulator. I'm, I'm just being me. But if I know that 90% of the audience is 15 to 19, I'm gonna give them different analogies and context points. I talked about arm wrestling Tim because he's a beast and I'm proud of him. I talked about playing tennis with Brian because I know he's fucking passionate and good. So like I, context is everything. We brought it up earlier. We can, me and Gabe Ramsey are both right. Me and you are both right about college. I really believe that we're right. I listen, Context you, you is can be huge. wrong. Context is queen. Content is king. Everyone says that, but don't get anything confused out here, my friends. The queen runs the household and the queen is named Context. And when you master Context and you deploy empathy, your life gets real interesting real fast.
Gary V, thank you so thank much. You, People find him. Talk to you later, Gary. Cheers.